Welcome once again, Iowa innovators, educators, entrepreneurs, ecosystem builders, and anyone who's interested in finding fresh ways of doing the work they do right here in Iowa. This is Iowa Innovation, powered by Nuboco, where we talk to leaders in innovation, education, and entrepreneurship. I'm Dr. Jennifer Murphy. And I am not a doctor, Rob Merritt. Today, we are talking with Elizabeth Von Presley, a guest who needs no introduction, but since we need to make one anyway, uh, what hasn't Elizabeth done? Elizabeth is a performer. She's a photographer. She is a visual artist. She runs her own uh, her own business out of, uh, out of Hiawatha. Uh, you recently saw her competing on American Song Contest, and she was the host of the Nuboco Annual Meeting Lab. Last year. Which is like the most important part of it all is. of that. It is. That is the right? greatest yeah, gig of the all. That's her greatest accomplishment. I'm sure <laughs> that's how she'll answer that question. What's amazing about Elizabeth is that she has charted her own course. She has followed her passions and used innovative ways of thinking to turn those passions into a livelihood. And so she'll be talking about that with us today. So with that, let's innovate, Iowa. Hey, Rob, what has four syllables and sponsors our show? I master good. Uh, yes, you are correct. Uh, you I was going to go with Red Bull Racing, but... Uh, yeah, not yet. Not yet. We haven't heard from him. Maybe Nymaster could work that licensing deal for Red Bull to sponsor us. Ah, uh, goals. Goals are good. Yes, yes. Either way, Nymaster Good is Iowa's largest law firm with offices in three key locations, Des Moines, Cedar Rapids, and Ames. Their cutting-edge positive legal approach helps businesses of all sizes succeed for more than 100 years, which is why I think we really have a chance at that Red Bull deal. That is awesome. You know what? With more than 70 practice areas, Nymaster has attorneys with expertise in all areas of the law, including corporate structure, capital raising, intellectual property protection, tax planning, employee benefits, uh, labor and employment law, government relations, litigation. You know, if you really stop and think about it, Nymaster Good works in so many different areas that they multitask almost as well as Elizabeth Von Presley does. <laughs> I wish to put them like you do a face off or something, you know, who can multitask the best. I would love to see that That's... on one side of the stage, Elizabeth Von Presley. And on the other side of the stage, a whole bunch of nine master good attorneys fight. We just came up with the next <laughs> Netflix reality show. I cannot <laughs> wait to see this. <laughs> All right, folks, go out and visit nymaster.com. That's nymaster.com to learn what nine master good can do for you. Elizabeth, welcome to the show. It is great to have you here. It feels really good to be here, guys. Thank you for thinking of me. Absolutely. So uh, we are thrilled to have you back at Nuboco after you uh, you hosted our annual meeting last fall, which was uh, which was great. We loved having you. And I think one of the things that's always excited me about what you do is that nobody can really label you with any one thing. You're in so many different areas and you follow so many different passions and you have been successful at so many of them that uh, that you really that you've really charted your own path. Um, like you you have these things that you're passionate about and you've found a way to turn them into a career. And so with that in mind, I'm I'm just curious, uh, first of all, what was it that made you decide, a long time ago, you know what, I'm not just going to go get a nine to five job. I'm going to take these things that I enjoy doing and I'm going to figure out how to turn these into my career. 
Yeah, I think ever since I was a little girl, I've always known that I wanted to do something creative and visual. And so I've always just, you know, tried to keep the main thing, the main thing and, and heading towards that, knowing that financially was probably not the best decision, but um, trying to figure out what made me the most happy and surrounding myself with a career that that does that. And and of course, not just like narrowing myself down to being one profession, you know, so I was a photographer a while, videographer, then a choreographer, a dancer, a singer, and, and I can do all of them at the same time, which is really fun. What do you think were some of the things, because you just said you thought about that, like since you were a child, what do you think were some of the things in your upbringing that really fostered that? Yeah, for sure. So my parents were super supportive, whatever I wanted to do, I dressed crazy and wild, <laughs> I had glitter in my hair, you know, I, people would always say it looked like I woke up uh, with the lights off. <laughs> and they were so proud of me, they didn't care. And I think that that was a huge piece of it. My family was always really supportive. Um, I tried to pick my friends and be pretty choosy about the people that aligned with, you know, who I wanted to be. And I think that really helped just, you know, hone in feeling comfortable in who I am. Yeah. Now you just finished being on, uh, on NBC's, uh, American Song Contest. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if there was one thing that was, well, there were a lot of really interesting things about that show, but <laughs> the one thing that really caught my eye was that um, you've always had a certain brand identity that you've created for yourself. And it kind of seemed like American Song Contest took that brand identity and kind of like, you know, cranked it up to 11. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, but, uh, but, but it, but I'm curious how that, how that brand identity came to you. I mean, over the years, you have created this image that, uh, you know, leans heavily on pink. Mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of this mix of 80s, um, but also your very own unique style. And and it's clearly something that has just sort of happened organically over the years. Because I've known you for a long time, and I've watched how a lot of your identity has just kind of evolved. And I'm, I'm curious how you got there and at what point you realized, hey, this is more than just, you know, this is me being silly. Like, this is something I can actually use as a brand identity to make more people understand who I am and what I do. For sure. Yeah. So I think it's it's easy to um, be a supporter for things that you are are a supporter of things that make you happy. People can, you know, see through you on social media if you're posting something that sounds false. So I just have always really strived to be 100% authentic, no matter how I'm feeling, no matter what I like at that moment or what happened to me, I'll always put it out there raw and real and vulnerable. And I found that that's when I get the most reception from people because there isn't a whole lot of people out there just speaking their truth and not caring. And so I think that's why a lot of people are like, do you think you're ever going to grow out of the pink thing? It, it makes me happy when I look at it. Yeah. Everything I have is pink. Like, I don't, I don't care. You can connect that with being a kid or, you know, being naive. But I think that's cool, you know, staying, staying true to who I am. And pink is just such a joyful color and it stands out. And, yeah, I, of course, I'm going to pay $5 extra for a pink hammer or, you know, a pink <laughs> pillow or something. But it's totally worth it to wake up in the morning and look at the world that I've created around myself and feel content and happy and inspired. And, and I don't care if anyone else has something negative to say about that. I just, yeah. Well, and in the midst of your, your work as an artist, you also run Stillwater Coffee. Can you talk yeah. a little bit about how that came to be, how you came to <laughs> be running a coffee business in the middle of everything else you do? Yeah, for sure. So one of my lifelong goals was to open up a coffee shop that hosted live music at night. And so the pandemic happened and I had a, a nationwide tour planned. And of course, that was put to a halt, you know. So I was like, I'm, I'm going crazy. I'm going stir crazy. So I went back to school, tried to finish a degree. And then Kim Morio reached out to me, the owner of Stillwater, and was like, hey, I got a good vibe about you. People have been talking that, you know, you love coffee, you love music, and I want to bring you over here. And now 
now here we are. So it's perfect timing. The pandemic happened, everything else stopped. And that gave me a perfect six to eight month window to really, you know, put my heels in over there and make that place something really cool. I'm really proud of it. And of course the team over there is amazing. So now I'm out playing gigs. I'm out, you know, doing fun things and they're over there keeping the day to day rocking. Yeah. And along those same lines of brand identity, um, I know you've done a lot of things to kind of set Stillwater apart and make it feel a little different from a typical coffee shop. What are some of the things that, that you have done along those lines? Again, it's that same thing. If I love it and if it brings me joy, I want to bring it out to the coffee shop because then maybe it'll connect with somebody else, you know? So all of the drinks over there are rock and roll themed. We have a Dolly Parton. We have a Johnny Cash. <laughs> we have an Elvis, a Lady Gaga, a Britney. So like all of the things that I love, I just make all of my businesses and my adventures, an extension of myself. And then I'm also invested in it and I want to see it thrive. And yeah, so I think it's really cool. Plus I put a lot of pink in there as well, you know, and some <laughs> inspirational quotes and some local musicians up in the bathroom that you can look at while you're, you know, peeing. Yeah. So like just really leaning into things that make me happy and, and hopefully they make other people happy too. As a, as a woman entrepreneur, mm-hmm. uh, which although you're a performer, that is mainly what you are. You are very much a, a you basically run a business, which is you. Um, what are some of the biggest obstacles you've run into in that, it, trying to do that? Yeah. Um, financials for sure. I mean, I'm not, I'm not great with like a balancing a checkbook. I just look at a <laughs> pair of shoes. I'm like, we need that for that number, that third number. It's got to have those black striped shoes, you know, and then figuring out the financials on the back end. But just believing um, that I am doing the right thing and just following the right path and, you know, and just, just knowing that it'll all come out in a wash in the end. <laughs> I don't know if I answered that correctly. What was that question again, Rob? I, was, uh, what are some of the biggest <laughs> challenges that you've run into? Like, what are the, the biggest things that have been like obstacles as you've gone along? You know, being involved in so many different things is finding the right time, you know, allocating the right amount of time to building backing tracks for a show, to choreographing a show, to coming up with costumes, to keeping the coffee shop running, you know, to doing balancing the books and paying the taxes. You know, that's probably the hardest thing for me is managing my time. Uh, thank God for Google Calendar. Yes. Or I would, you know, be completely lost. Yeah. So I think just time allocation is probably the, the hardest thing. Yeah. You know, I think it's one of the things that I have admired about your presence in our community is the way that you use your platform to to be yourself and to be that example. You know, so how do you how do you feel when you're in front of an audience and you've got these little girls that are, you know, in front of you? Or I know we had Alyssa Gardner on here a few weeks ago and she she was talking about how you gave her son a platform to stand on to play his guitar. And like it, it would. You do such a great job of being, you know, I would say kind of an an iconic presence within Cedar Rapids. I'm going to use that word. And also being very real and accessible to people. What do you think that does for our community? And I'm asking you to be a little egotistical for a second. (laughs) But I mean, even going on American Song Contest, like you're representing our state, which is a big mantle. How do you handle all of that? How do you process all of that? Yeah, I think, well, the American Song Contest was such a wild experience, knowing Mm -hmm. that three million people were going to watch me live. So at the moment I was performing live was the exact same time everyone at home on their TVs was watching me, which was really Mm -hmm. bizarre. Uh, Same thing with a live show here in town, whether it's for 20 people or 2,000 people. It's still the same thing. I I make eye contact with a kid in the audience, and I remember being that kid in the audience. And I think, you know, am I setting a good example? Am I being authentic? And I think that's the most important thing for me is, you know, being a woman, being a role model and not worrying so much about body size, shape, Mm -hmm. figure, things like that. 
and hoping a little girl can look up and be like, mom, her thighs look just like mine. You know, like I don't need to starve, you know, her thighs jiggle. She stops moving and her thighs are still jiggling. Like I like being a a role model in that regard and just being authentic and and something that they don't really see a whole lot in, you know, social media. Like you scroll through your Instagram and you, you don't feel like you're enough. You know, there's a lot of Photoshop filters and I think it helps also being from the photo side of things I know what's real and what's not I know all the filters and the tools and the the blur tools and the suck in things and I know that they're not real and so it's it's helpful to know that I can put a visual out there that somebody can look at and go she looks just like me and I can follow my dream too yeah yeah I love that because I think that that's one of the biggest things about being part of a community and that's one of the things Nuboco does is really focus on how do we strengthen our community we all know our community is made up of a a bunch of individuals Mm -hmm. and so and it is so important to be able to see people that you you admire and that that feel that look the way you feel like and I think that's often what I'm looking for is like I'll look for people I'm like they look the way I feel now we may not look anything alike but it's that energy you know that vibe that comes with people and I think as a you know as a kid or young adult or anybody at any age who's struggling with who the heck am I how do I feel like I I don't know like I'll be 50 in two years I'm still like who am I when I grow up I don't know (laughs) like I don't know who I'm gonna be I think it's healthy to keep asking yourself that it it absolutely is and so I think you know we're we're here in the Midwest we're we're known for ag we're known for this conservatism and to be able to find personalities that are so willing to just be I think is refreshing I I, love that about I love working with middle school show choir that is my favorite I choreograph for them and and everyone says that's such a tough time to be a teacher but I go in there and they look at me and they think well she's weirder than me so that makes me feel okay and I, I love that yes yeah as a general rule I've noticed that um, working with kids seems to be something that's especially you know when we had the the annual meeting last year and we had the piece that was about our uh, our k-12 program and we were recognizing teachers that work to teach coding to kids and and that seemed to resonate with you especially. I remember you said a few things about it that night, Absolutely. and I remember you you talked to me privately about uh, about how you had no idea some of the work that was happening and how exciting it was. And I think also I think we were honoring a teacher that night who was related to you, which yes, was a my, fun coincidence. My aunt Wendy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I'm I'm curious how much of an effort do you make aside from working with like choreographing middle school kids, how much of an effort do you make to try and reach out to kids or to sort of give them guidance uh, at a young age? Yeah, I have a ton of kids message me on Instagram. I have been a teacher at Kennedy for 12 years teaching after school dance. So I've, I've gone through the masses of kids over there. And then I just, I'm just always leaving my door open if they need to, you know, ask for advice or an opinion about something or kids will run up and give me a hug in the hallway. And I, I don't know who they are. But you know, I'll be like, you look so cute today. Like you're awesome. You know, keep doing the thing. And, uh, yeah, I just, I hope that I can help kids, you know, follow their dreams and, and, you know, walk towards the direction that feels the most comfortable for them, for them. And however I can help them for sure. People reach out all the time to be like, AVP, will you come talk to our middle school? Will you, every time I say yes, every time, it doesn't matter what I have. I'll move things around. The most important thing for me is reaching out to those kids and, you know, being somebody that they can go. She believes in me and I believe in me. All right, K-12 educators, you just heard that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, whether it's just reading a story or whatever. Yep. One of the things I've always liked about what you do 
uh, is that there's a real positivity to it. Yeah. That your your music, your image, everything. There's always something very upbeat and happy about it. Um, but at the same time, you haven't shied away from confronting tougher topics. You know, you talked yeah, about it's not body toxic image, things positivity. like that. Yeah, it's not everything's <laughs> right. great. Yeah, it's, it's more <laughs> about hey, you know, there every you know, we all know the stuff we're dealing with, but you know, there's a way to approach it. Here's a positive way to approach it. And I am, I mean, I know that you have faced many obstacles over the last, you know, 15 years of, of, of building who you are. How have, how have you gotten through the harder times in your career, the times when it wasn't so sure that, for example, Tint was going to take off or when you were playing shows long before you were, you know, before you were playing to thousands when you were just doing like really small shows and just trying to build your name, how, how did you get through that without losing faith in yourself? Yeah. I mean, I'm my number one critic for sure. You know, I'll, I'll perform something and be like, girl, you didn't hit those notes. You messed up those dance moves. But then at the end, I think that's good for the audience to see that too. It's live. That's the reason they came to see you do it in person. And, uh, yeah, I, I used to be pretty tough on myself. Um, you know, for a while there when I first started my career a few years ago where I was like, if I messed up a dance or something, I would have to sleep on the floor. Like I would just really be, you know, terrible to myself. And then I, I just started realizing like, no, you need to also set an example that making mistakes are totally okay. You say that for everybody else. Make sure you're saying that for yourself too. And that's something that I had to grow into. Um, yeah. And there's been ups and downs, you know, I'll have a bad show. Uh, like balloon glow a couple years ago, I, I had a double ear infection and I was, yeah. it was rough. And after that show, I hit a really, really low, low. And so I had to do a lot of soul searching. Like, why did I feel that way? Was it the music I was picking? You know, was I being my authentic self? Was it the outfits I was wearing? And so like through the past year, I've done a lot of self-discovery of who I want to be and what I want to put out there. And I think that's part of being an artist. You're constantly growing and learning and changing and it's okay. It's totally okay. Yeah. Your fan base is, is loyal. There's so many parallels in what you just said with, with honestly, with the way that we teach innovation because you talked about the the attribute of reflection, the practice of reflection, and not just not just self flagellation, but really just okay. But why? Let me let yeah. me go deeper than the emotion and figure out where the driver is in this. And that's one of the things, like you know, taking that to a completely unemotional place of when we're trying to, <laughs> Which you know, is invent, very hard to do. <laughs> yeah, you know, when we're trying to invent things and create structure, and you know, whether it's a product or a process or an evaluation method or whatever that is, when we're trying to do something new, we have to step out of that place that is pure emotion. You can bring it with you, but you can't let it dominate and then really get into the objective side of, all right, so what am I learning? How can I fail quickly? How can I run a quick experiment to test? How can, like, those are all principles of innovation that I've heard more and more just as we've interviewed different creatives and different people focusing, like that emphasis of just continuous evolution. And I think when we when we try to reserve that just for someone with a title of innovation or someone with an artistic or, you know, we, we exclude ourselves, we limit ourselves. And so there's, you know, we at Nuboco Innovation is at the core of, of a lot of what we do. And so we love being able to draw those parallels so people <laughs> can sure. see like, hey, it's not just this thing. It's not just a, a, a technology thing. It's an everything thing. Exactly. So yep. I'm curious, you know, if you... <clears throat> I I just kind of shared my thought about innovation, but if you were going to define innovation in your world, what does that look like? Um, 
If you all could see what a deer in the headlights look <laughs> is, that's what Elizabeth just gave. Let's see. All right, three hours of sleep. Let's define innovation, girl. Let's see. I think just constantly walking towards however you feel at that moment. Like you said, detaching emotion is really difficult. As yeah. an artist, you, you know, you're invested in everything that you do. And so like every online review, is, it feels personal to you. And I think being able to detach yourself from that and just keep walking towards what it is that you want to be, your most mm. authentic self, and just keep shedding your skin, taking the glitter jacket off and just wearing a t-shirt, mm. you know, and being okay knowing that you're the exact same person with or without the glitter jacket. Yeah. Yeah, you know, along those lines, you know, and Jennifer was was talking about the fail forward concept, which I've always loved. I love that idea that you cannot grow without failing because you have to. Because if you don't, if you're afraid to fail, you will never take a chance on anything, and you will never grow. <laughs> um, yep. You have had so many successes, and you've done so much. I'm curious, though, has there been anything in your career that, in your mind, looking back on it today, it was it went wrong or it was a failure, but you learned something from it that made a huge impact on what you did next. Has there been anything like that in your career that you're like, oh yeah, I totally, that totally did not work, but I learned from it. Let's see. Singing Mariah Carey songs. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) If we're going to go pretty base level and simple. Um, Also seven inch stilettos. Also not a great idea for, for the stage show. Um, but I think just trying to be something that I'm not, you know, uh, trying to, you know, emulate something that I've seen somewhere and it, and then I always end up feeling unsatisfied and unfulfilled after I try to do that. So just knowing, you know, where my, where my talents lie and really just driving into those and doing them the best that I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You, you touched on it a little bit, but there is, um, one of, I will tell you that I'll be vulnerable for a second. One of the things that has always been my biggest fear is like being on social media and then having people be mean, right? <laughs> like, and, and it's just, it's such a very real thing. Cause in fact, even, you know, I was talking with my boyfriend about something that I'm thinking about doing that would have a video component. And he's like, Oh babe, you better watch out for all those YouTube commenters, you know? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it is a real thing. I get it. But you know, that, that has been one of my core fears and you are so public. Like how, yeah. how do you manage those things? I, I feel like that's something everybody always wants to know. And so I, yeah. I'm just going to ask the obvious here. Yeah. So I had a dear friend, Gerard Estella, tell yeah. me when I was uh, 13 years old, he said, for every one person that loves you, there's going to be three people that hate you. Mm. And you can focus on those three people that hate you and you will never change their mind. Or you can focus on that one person that loves you and that one person will turn into a hundred, which will then turn into a thousand. And then you'll surround yourself by people who are supportive of who you are. And so of course, just doing the NBC thing, like I was attacked online, like absolutely wild. But I knew that I did my personal best and I wrote that song and it was genuine. It was my own words. And I was out there, you know, being a role model for girls and women and people and, Uh, there's always going to be haters. And if I, you know, make decisions based off of fear, then I would never make any decisions ever. And so I always just have, have chosen to just paint myself rainbow, just paint myself bright. And, you know, people can try to, Mm -hmm. you know, to desaturate, but I, I won't let them, they can't penetrate. You know, another question that I have heard people ask about you, um, I constantly hear people say, Oh, Elizabeth's really good. Why is she still in Iowa? Why doesn't (laughs) Elizabeth go to LA or something like that? And, well, 
So answer that question. Why, why yeah. do you choose to stay in Iowa? Yeah, well, one, it's more affordable to live here. Uh, <laughs> two, my family is here. My mom is here. My grandma is here. And I love them dearly. And I've realized that you, it doesn't matter where you are, you can still follow your career. And so being here in the Midwest, it actually leads to more opportunities. I lived in New York for a while and I realized that I was just working to pay my rent. And, you know, I wasn't able to like fully do all the theater shows that I wanted to do because I was worried about paying my bills. But here I'd seen affordable living, a bit more affordable. And uh, then I can go on tours, you know, I, and I can go out and follow my dreams and take my friends with me. And I'm less worried about paycheck to paycheck like I was in New York or California or Chicago. And also the Midwest is beautiful. It's wonderful. I love it here. I love the weather. You know, I, I was in Arizona one year for Christmas and there was no snow. <laughs> yeah. And I refuse. I refuse to do that again. So I, 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 I love, you know, the temperature changes. And yeah, yeah, I think definitely affordable and the people here. You know, yeah. it is home. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I feel like you can, you really, I've lived all over the place, just literally all over the place. And it is interesting that pretty much anything that I've been able to find in any of those other places, with the exception of beachfront property, oh, yes, I can find here. And it may take a little more searching. It may be a little more niche in certain areas, but you can go out and create whatever kind of experience you want to have wherever you are. And so I do, I tend to flow the BS, or throw the BS flag on people who are like, well, I can't do that because I live in Iowa. Right. No, you're choosing not to do that because you're allowing Iowa to, that idea of Iowa to yeah. limit you because nobody here in Iowa is telling you you can't do that. Well, <laughs> actually, we've, we've been talking with other guests about this also, that um, if there's if there's any good thing that came out of the pandemic, it's that it taught a lot of people you can do a lot of stuff from your home uh, that affect, you know, that, I mean, there's there's a guy that works out of um, out of our building at 415 who does animation for, you know, for a company in LA, but he works completely remote. And there are performers who are able to, you know, they build like social media followings, even though they're located in Iowa, but they have mm -hmm. an audience that's much, much bigger than that. So that also takes away that excuse of, well, you know, <laughs> I'm in Iowa. How could I possibly reach these people? You totally can. Yeah. Um, which speaking of, uh, you know, we're talking about being in Iowa, doing stuff in Iowa, and yet you're about to start a tour, I think. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> yep, yep. Kicking off in the Quad Cities next weekend, and then I'm going to be in Atlanta, Georgia, and then uh, Detroit, Michigan. Yep, so flying all around, taking my backup dancers and my band with me. Well, okay, so that kind of springs board into what we were just talking about. How do you build a national tour from Iowa? You know, how do you get these these uh, these other venues or businesses that aren't here to be like, yes, we should bring this person here? How do you build that brand up? Yeah, you just ask. I think people are afraid to ask. And of course, I'm going to send out 100 emails and only get three back that say yes. But um, those three, and then I go perform there and they're like, darn, she's actually really good. And then they'll give me a better time slot. And then I'm on a, you know, a tour with somebody else. And it's one thing leads to another. And I think the main thing is believing that you have a unique product, believing that you do provide something unique and that, um, the audience will come, whether there's three people there. Like I played a gig down South, there was three people there, oh. you know, it, which was totally fine, but it's humbling also. And you're like, why am I performing? It really tests why you do what you do. Are you enough when there's only three people in the room? 
Well, and I know you and I share a love for Van Halen. Oh yeah, and uh, and and for like eighties eighties uh, <laughs> hair bands in general. That's right. And uh, I I cannot put into words how excited I was for you when your tour took you to Whiskey Go Go. Oh my gosh, two years ago. <laughs> and I played an Eddie Van Halen striped guitar, and I stood in Eddie Van Halen's spot. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys, that was wild. And my name was up on the Whiskey Go Go thing. That's uh, that entire experience was amazing. Yeah, it'd yeah. be a little surreal. Yeah, and you just uh, have to ask. You know, yeah. I just said, hey, Whiskey, I'm touring through your neighborhood. They're like, oh, send us a press package, you know. And another thing is having everything in, in a click of a button, you know, making it simple. People don't want to have to dig and work for it. They want one press kit, and you show them the best of the best, and you make it a one-page thing on your website, and it's the best thing. You know, put your best content out there, and, yeah, it's it's been awesome. You know, you've also built a team around you over the years. You know, you yeah. have you have backup dancers that have worked with you for a long time. Uh, a good mutual friend of ours, uh, our Darcy DeLong, you know, she doesn't even yeah. live here anymore, but she comes back <laughs> specifically to perform with you all the time, yeah. uh, which so I, how have you like, like with with all the different people you have worked with over the years? Like, first of all, how do you build that circle of people that you're like, I can I can regularly trust you to not only help me deliver my vision, but, you know, be reliable and make me better. Uh, because whether you're a performer or whether you're starting a new business or whatever, you have to build a team. I'm curious how you built yours. Yeah. So uh, grew up in the theater, you know, Theater Cedar Rapids, Starlighters Theater. Um, and I made a lot of awesome friends. And those friends are also very talented. I like to surround myself by people that are more talented than me so that I constantly can look next to me and be like, I got to up my game, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I think lucky for me, all of my best friends are, you know, triple threats. They're all awesome, you know. And so creating something together is not work. It's fun. And then we get to go out there and see the world together and, you know, stay up too late and be tired and eat pizza <laughs> and have to dance the next day and our pants are too tight. But I can't imagine doing it with anyone else. I love those guys. Um, yeah. And they love to work and they, you know, we all care about each other. And yeah. Yeah. There's some studies out there that talk about that dynamic of um, like your your actual wellness is increased based on the quality of the the connections you have with the people around you. And so I, I've always, you know, I think that's such, we talk about that in entrepreneurship, build your network. It's so important. But often we just say that and we don't talk about why. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so yep. the intentionality of what you described just is so beautiful. And I think it probably, it, I'm sure it contributes to your wellness. Oh, for sure. Mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, all of that, as well as just your ability to work in a way that pr that continues to allow you to thrive. Of course, and, surrounding myself, you know, with people yeah. who have the same goal. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I love that. Well, so funny story for you. Last night, I was flipping <laughs> channels, and I came across uh, The Wedding Singer. Aww. And I realized, you know, the, the, the Adam Sandler movie, and I realized it was actually 10 years ago, this past spring, that you and I were in The Wedding Singer at that Theater Cedar Rapids. That was 10 years ago, Rob? 10 years ago this, wow. this spring. Falls yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> wow. I, you know, theater was like a... I mean, that's where I met you. Um, I, I met you when I was doing cabaret at Theater Cedar Rapids. And mm -hmm. we, we did a number. We were in Rocky Horror together I mm -hmm. like three times or something <laughs> like that. Um, and, you know, Wedding Singer, all that other stuff. Because you were, you were very much, you were a very big part of the theater community in, uh, in the Eastern Iowa area for a while. Um, and I know that your performing career and your business and all those other things have very much taken, uh, they've taken your focus since then. 
but are we going to see you on any theater stages again anytime <laughs> soon? Is that still part of your life? Maybe. You know, I, I realized when I did my first solo show that I've never had more fun playing the role of myself on stage. You know, I'd played Sally Bowles. I've played, you know, all these awesome, iconic roles. And it felt so good to just be myself and not worry about a script. But I absolutely miss it. I miss getting to be someone else and step into someone else's shoes, you know, and and so, yeah, you may see me in a theater production coming up here soon. I don't know for sure. <laughs> well, we're all, we're all hoping. We're all hoping that we get I feel yeah. like there's a bunch of things not being said right now. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, I definitely got the theater bug for all sure. Right, cue the mystery music here, Logan. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, so if people are wanting to go find tour tickets and go on the road yes. with you and camp oh. out in the parking lots oh. and do all the things, <laughs> like I feel like that's your destiny. What? <laughs> where would they find those tickets? Just ElizabethVonPresley.com. Okay. Yep. And I'm going to announce the tour this week so you guys can, you know, follow the journey yes. and... You know, yes. come check it out. Yeah. yeah. Super excited for you. Thank you. Any final thoughts, Mr. Rob? I, well, you know, Elizabeth and I actually shared an award at a film festival yeah. only like a month ago, <laughs> yeah. which is funny because we haven't even talked about filmmaking, yes. which just goes to show that there are so many areas that you're involved in. And I know personally, I've always heard the advice of, well, you know, you shouldn't try to do too many things. You can only really be good at one thing. And anybody yeah. who does a lot of things is like they're a jack of all trades and a master of none. Mm. But that has never been how you've approached your career. And the fact is that you continue to get into new things. Um, even with all of the, all the things you're currently involved with, with your tour, things like that. Are there any areas that you're looking at and thinking, I would like to do something in this area that I haven't yet, but Ooh. I very much plan to sometime soon? And yeah. I only ask this because it seems like every time you do something, like it goes really, really well. You're so sweet, Rob. Thank you. I, th I think maybe my next step would be costume design. Ooh. Yeah, I have a sewing machine and a bunch of fabric and I have a lot of visions in my head. Yeah, so we'll see. Maybe that's the next thing. Yeah, I don't know. We'll find out. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, it Look has for been... AVP's clothing line coming out soon. <laughs> <laughs> that would be well, amazing. Technically, there is an AVP clothing line. You can go to Stillwater and buy like oh, AVP true. shirts true. and stuff yes. like that. And there's uh, I I have a I have an AVP water bottle that I took with me on Ragbri. <laughs> stay last hydrated, year. honey. Yeah. Stay hydrated and yeah. stay pink. Yeah. Yes. See, you've already started. <laughs> yes, I You're love it. it. I, I do love though, like speaking of brand identity, that uh, anybody who doesn't know you who hears AVP, they're like, why do you keep talking about Alien versus Predator? I don't right? understand. Oh my god. The thing. <laughs> and why is that? A why is that Alien versus Predator bottle pink? Because that's a uh -huh. that's a weird mix. Oh my God. I never made that association. Oh but yeah. Thank it's, you. Now I will. That's it, great. Yeah, that's, yeah. I, mean, I guess yeah. that's probably one of the channel challenges once you get outside of Iowa. People who don't yeah, know yeah. you and they see AVP shirts and they're like. Yeah. Alien uh -huh. versus Predator. Yeah. Yep. There's also like a big volleyball tournament or something that happens every year, and oh, they're AVP as yeah. well. <laughs> yep. So people yeah. are sending me pictures and things. Oh, yep. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Um, you've been like a friend of Nuboco like for a while now, and you did an awesome job hosting our annual meeting last year. Yeah. And I am sure that we will work with you again many well, times well, in the well, future. We have to settle a bet though. What's that? My bet was that that was like the crowning achievement of your career to host our annual meeting, and Rob says it wasn't. He thinks it was the film award that y'all won together. Oh. So I would like Technically, to Technically, that was not it. 
I thought that your crowning achievement was Itchy Tights. Oh, Rob, how sweet. <laughs> My first song I ever recorded on cassette. Itchy tights about itchy it. tights. Yes. Yeah. You know yeah. what? I will say my crowning achievement was this moment right here, where I Aww. blended both of those two crowning achievements. How go. about that? This podcast. <laughs> Vote for you for office. That was a yes. very very balanced response. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and don't forget to vote on June 6th coming up, folks. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yep. And check out elizabethvonpresley.com to learn about Elizabeth's tour. And uh, and if you'd like to chat with Elizabeth in person, go get a cup of coffee at Stillwater. Heck yeah. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Rock on. Thanks so much to our guest, Elizabeth Von Presley, for coming on the show. Remember, you can find Elizabeth all over social media, especially at Facebook and Instagram. You can also check out her website, elizabethvonpresley.com, or you can visit her in person at Stillwater Coffee here in uh, Cedar Rapids, Hiawatha. And if you love the show, we would love you to go out and subscribe. And please leave us a review. Tell us what you love. Tell us what you really love. That's what we love. You can also visit our blog, newbo.co slash blog, to find key takeaways from this episode summarized and detailed. This podcast is produced and distributed by the LAS Media Group. For more information, go to lasmediagroup.com. And finally, we sure would love it if you'd think about making a donation to NubuCo. Your contributions to our nonprofit help us continue to serve innovators, educators, and entrepreneurs all across the state of Iowa. To learn more, visit nubo.co slash donate. <laughs>